0: Welcome back to another live and Apple 5 Livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are still live at Inner Jam, down by the river at Mountain Breeze Campground. And I'm sitting here with Cameron Smith. How's it going today, man? Oh, man, it's going great. Good awesome. drive. Yeah. You drove in from Fort Worth today. How was, yeah.
1: how was that one for you?
0: Nice and peaceful, nice and easy, no traffic. You so. getting hung up in Austin like everybody else does?
1: Nah, I guess I took like, uh was it, like 130 or something, like wound up Probably gonna pay for it in tolls, but it was yeah. worth
0: not having the stress. And that was the thing. Is like I come down to this area a lot, and but at, at least on the way down, yeah, it keeps telling me to take the toll roads, and I'm like, okay, and I never learn, and I get like twenty dollars worth of toll, and I'm yeah. like, Fuck.
1: oh, I know, man. But you know, being in the metroplex, I'm used to like insane toll rates you know what i mean like i mean going from dallas you know to the airport or something is like 40 bucks it's crazy yeah yeah
0: Yeah. it's and i just haven't invested in an easy pass yet and i'm just like i don't drive the toll road that much
1: yeah i'm always you know doing the songwriter stuff like i'm always around like yeah. spanning the metroplexes because I'm going to like Plano or I'm going to Weatherford or yeah. whatever. So it's way worth it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So are you uh, born and raised in Fort Worth or where are you from originally?
1: Yeah, I was I was born in Fort Worth and uh, my grandparents lived in like River Oaks and stuff. Okay. And then my parents were in Johnson County, like kind of in between Crowley and Joshua and yeah. stuff. So pretty much Fort Worth, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean.
1: So I own a house. Me and my wife own a house in Fort Worth now. So. Okay. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, and like, so what was uh, growing up around Dallas like? with music and all that stuff? Um, you know, like when I was a teenager, I,
1: I was into like hardcore punk and stuff. Yeah. And like, so I went to a lot of, I had like a band, you know, we played at this place called Red Blood Club in Deep Ellum yeah. and uh, so I, I got to see a lot of that. But then, you know, we also hung out at this club uh, in Fort Worth across the street from Billy Bob's called yeah. The Door and stuff. And, and occasionally, you know, you wind up at Billy Bob's. My parents love, you know, country music and uh, country Western dancing and stuff. Yeah. So yeah, you know.
0: Yeah. I hear uh, Deep Elm's pretty legendary for their rock music, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's legendary for blues, you know, yeah. like, like. but I mean, even, yeah, rock at this point, you know, like sure. 90s and 80s, but yeah, the roots go back, dude. They go like, you yeah. know, Blind Lemon Jefferson, and yeah.
0: I'll have to swing through there because it's like... Chicago. I, what's that? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I just have to swing through there in general because I'm always intrigued by these little towns that are just really well known for one thing but you wouldn't expect them to be known for anything oh yeah man
1: yeah well you know i mean dallas is by no means little, but like fort worth is small for sure um but yeah like uh you know all of robert johnson's recordings were done in day Bellum, you know and there was a time when like when the country music scene was like really beginning before nashville took off like dallas was the one you know and there was a rivalry there for you know it goes back but like Nashville won, obviously. You know, yeah, like, for sure. <laughs> yeah.
0: And now you, you keep talking about Fort Worth, and I just think about the first time I ever went to Fort Worth. I felt like I was going to get shot. In Fort <laughs> what Worth. part were you in? Oh, the I don't know some really shady ass part of Fort Worth. Hmm. It was like the ghetto. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, because I was sitting there. There's parts
1: of Lancaster that. Are yeah, <laughs> yeah. So rough.
0: Th- this guy, I was living out in New Mexico at the Stop time. Six. This guy brought me out to. Uh, help him shoot a film that he was working on, and hey, he was like, "Hey, yeah, I'll, I'll pay you to come out. I'll put you up. I'll, you know, all these things." I was like, "Hell yeah!" Like, I was twenty-four at the time, and I was yeah. like, "Yeah, I, I want to cut my teeth in the music business, or not the music business, the movie business. Yeah, you know, all that stuff." And so we went out there, we shot, and then the last day, he was like, "Hey, we're going to Fort Worth. My buddy owns a club. Uh, I need. He's got this Do really the spooky. Name of it? No, I don't. Uh, he, he's like." it's got I mean, he's explained it to me and i was like okay so i follow him or i was like okay i'll be there in an hour because i'd overslept because he'd called me he didn't tell me the night before uh-huh. and i was like all right well i'll be there in an hour he's like all right cool so i get there they club nobody's at this club and i'm just sitting out there <laughs> and i'm like all right huh. and then he pulled the guy that i was working with him and his crew pull up I'm like, all right, this is sketchy shit, but luckily I'd shot with them a couple nights before, so it wasn't like I didn't know who they were, right? Right, and he's like, Hey, man, uh, we're waiting on my buddy. We sorry, we just went grab breakfast, we were waiting on my buddy to come open this place up, and we're still waiting. I'm like, All right, and so what was the film again? It, it was this like weird sci fi film, like, oh, okay, yeah. so
1: you're just using it as like a set, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, you're yeah, we're it.
0: using it as a set. And then, we, so we're all sitting there in the middle of, an, like, an hour. And there's, like, cops roaming all over the place. There's, like, drug deals happening on every corner. And this guy's freaking oblivious to the whole thing. Oh, my God. And I'm like, I grew up in South Chicago. I'm not scared of a lot. Yeah. I'm scared to shit right <laughs> now. He's like, so a, after a couple hour, he in. he comes in he's like hey my guy's not showing up so we're going to go back to my place and finish the shoot but for making you drive all the way out here because i was on the north side of dallas mm-hmm. to go all the way down to fort Worth. oh
1: yeah it's like an hour he, or yeah more, yeah
0: and he's like i'm gonna go get you your money right now so you at least have your money i'll get you a little bit extra so he runs over to this crackhead shell station and pulls out four hundred dollars in cash oh my god and we're sitting out in this thing and he just hands me four hundred dollars in cash and i'm like oh dear god oh dear god and there's like six crackheads just looking at me and i'm like all right i'm getting my car and i just booked it on yeah
1: Yeah. man yeah he put a target on your back yeah
0: so anyways that's just my fun story about the first time i ever went to fort worth that's funny and a lot of fort worth
1: is like not at all like that you know what i mean but uh but it's a big it's a big
0: area you know
1: what i mean and it stretches out so you know there's parts of it that are C D for sure yeah, yeah.
0: It, the, just seeing your reaction to the entire story it's like yeah i wasn't too far off in being afraid to be there
1: probably not yeah. no man like definitely uh de- especially if you're in like it doesn't matter but yeah there's certain neighborhoods
0: where yeah. you, you you made the right call yeah. getting out of there so uh growing up uh, who introduced you to music and all that
1: um you know like music was just always around i think uh My mom was really into, you know, she was the kind of person who would buy, like, a CD and play, like, the single on repeat or whatever. Uh, But she was real into stuff. She'd get passionate about it and, like, sing along and everything. And, uh, you know, and my dad sang. My parents were, like, choir—I mean, grandparents were choir teachers. And, yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of around, yeah.
0: Yeah, cool. And then uh, what— so you said you got your start with like punk music and stuff like that or
1: that's how i started playing yeah 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 like i think i you know i like took a guitar lesson actually from a fellow songwriter that my buddy denver williams uh he's great and uh he, he played guitar with like uh vincent neil emerson and stuff for a while but uh he does his own stuff which is really cool like kind of blend of like you know like i'm country and folk and like psych and rock and all this stuff it's like i mean that sounds typical but it's not at all like the way he does is like some kind of wilco Ween thing you know like yeah. like mix it's it's tight but uh anyways i'm rambling no you're good yeah so like like i took like one lesson and then uh i think i broke my wrist and i was a skateboarder you know mm-hmm got better at skating I had a friend who got really good at guitar I figured like okay that's his thing and skating's my thing and then like a few years later you know I had always written words my mom uh, was like an amateur poet and school teacher and so she kind of like got me into writing poetry from the time I was young so yeah when I turned like 16 I was like well I want to do songs but I didn't take time to learn guitar Yeah. so you know my friends played metal we saw this hardcore show at uh, this place called Ridgely uh, Ridgely Theater And I was like, dude, half the audience is on stage with the band. Like, this looks fucking sick. I want to do that, you know? So that's how it started.
0: I love watching hardcore shows. Oh, yeah. I I went to, there was a show I went to, and it was like my first time that I ever saw like a hardcore band play live. And just that crowd, like I was standing in the back because I don't get in marsh pits. My number one rule is whenever I'm at a show, if a mosh pit breaks out, I move back. Like, I I don't get in. I don't get in. And I just saw this thing break out, and I was like, Holy crap. like, that that's ridiculous. Yeah. So,
1: I've seen some scary shit, you know, like we toured a lot with that band like from the time I was like 17 to 19, you know, we had done like both coast a few times, oh, shit. you know. Yeah. And we and we'd put them like we would do like 60-day tours where like 60 yeah. shows, you know yeah. what I mean?
0: And what, what time or what year is this roughly? It would
1: have been like 2000, you know, like six through eight or nine or something. Yeah. Like a long time ago. I'm 35. I just turned 35. And so, yeah, like that's how it started. Uh, but, yeah, man, I remember the first time we played in New York City, we played at this place called The Knitting Factory, you okay. know, and it was yeah. on, uh, I think it was, like, Franklin Street. Yeah. And it was three stories, you know, and we were in the basement. And, like, the mid-floor is kind of like your mid sized room, and mm-hmm. then the top is, yeah. like, where, you know, I don't know, the K-pop bands play. Okay. <laughs> but, I mean, it's gone now. Like, they moved out of Manhattan, but... uh But anyways, like, we played down there with some, like, straight-up old-school New York hardcore bands, like FCU shit, and, uh... That's cool. Or F... Man, it's been so long since I've been in that fucking world, but, uh...
0: But the fact that you guys were doing this... FSU. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that you guys were doing this, like, 2006, 2008, this was, like, before social media was really... Yeah, there was
1: MySpace, you know? Like, I think I booked some of the shows on MySpace or whatever. Yeah, and,
0: like pete cell phones weren't always readily available. like i mean there were cell phones but not everybody had a cell phone
1: oh yeah no our drummer was like the only one with an iphone you yeah. know like so and he would get pissed about us using it as the gps you yeah. know like everybody had what what the hell was it called like a the nokia or is like like what are those gps's called they were like oh the dum-dums Gar- <laughs> uh, tom-toms tom-toms that's what it was
0: yeah, yeah. I had one of those.
1: Yeah, man, you had to. I mean, you didn't have to. Like, most people didn't. It was a luxury. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 But they would also take you to weird places. Like, I had a friend uh, who, like, they, like, typed in Subway or something, you know, and, like, wound up, like, getting literally, like, it took them to the edge of a cliff. (laughs) Well,
0: because I had a a couple years ago, we went up to Montana. Yeah. And I had it set up on my phone. We were using my phone, like, Google Maps or uh, Apple Maps, whatever it is. And I was like, okay, we're set. Boom, we get there, fine. On our way back, we're up in the mountains in Montana, and I'm driving down the mountain. I was like, all right, well, once we get to the bottom of this mountain, we're gonna get gas. I need somebody to switch out. I'm gonna sleep for a few hours, and then I'll take over for, the, for whatever amount of time there, because the rest of them were like night owls. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, cool. Come to find out, when we switched over, my phone died. And so it wasn't giving us directions. And so they were just driving aimlessly through somebody's oh, farm road. Damn. And I'm like, where the hell are we? I woke up like four hours later. He's like, I don't know. We've been circling this dude's farm. I I, I haven't been getting instructions, been trying to wake you all up. And I was like, you haven't been trying to wake me up because I'm not that deep of a sleeper. All it takes is a little huh.'" Yeah. And I'm away, you know. Mm-hmm. so yeah. It's would.
1: funny that they would prefer to just, like, drive in circles.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and so that then the next time they were coming out, because they live in Roswell, New Mexico, they were coming out to Waco to visit me. And they never trusted the iPhone or the phone after that. And I was like, honestly, it was just because we had no cell signal and it was draining my battery faster than my car could charge it at yeah. the time. And they're like, I don't care. And they broke out an old-school Garmin. <laughs> and they were asking me hey how long does it take you to get from roswell to waco and i was like well i can do it if i don't stop i can do it in seven hours but like normal stoppage time like it says seven and a half but normally it'll take about 8 mm-hmm it took them ten and a half hours to get there because Jeez. they took the garmin yeah and the garmin hadn't been updated in 15 years oh, of course and so it took them like way south to come this way and i'm yeah. like where the hell did you guys go that it took you 10 and a half hours? Well, I, the Garmin, the Garmin's always right. i like, right?
1: that's funny to think about like how those old ones like don't update. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't have even thought of that. Like yeah. it's like an old map now, basically. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, so where are you kind of at musically? Are you writing, recording? releasing? Oh,
1: yeah. Like um, I'm always writing, you know, but I am. I'm in the process of uh, a tracking an album right now. Okay. We did we did like a. Uh, a good, I don't know, like three quarters of the work just in one day at the studio in Fort Worth called Blackstone Uh um, like a couple Fridays ago. Uh, So I got in there with uh, some bandmates of mine and uh, and a session drummer who's also, he was kind of a co-producer on the session and yeah. And we did, um, shit, I think like, Well, the night before I went in there and I did like a couple of songs just by myself and then we did five with like the live group. And so, yeah, there's it's like a 10 track record, you know, like. So I think we we did about like seven or eight of the, you know, the meat of it. Um, So anyways, yeah, it's um, like I said, always writing. But this one, you know, I had that session booked. And because of the way that that room is, I knew that I wanted to do like an old school, like everybody in there track it live kind of thing. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah like, as like much as
0: possible you know i like that like when bands decide to go live as well i mean obviously as much as possible like yeah I, you don't in a in a situation like that i guess you don't really want the singer tracking live if you don't right
1: know. i mean i did do my vocals and stuff live yeah. you know what i mean but uh but i don't know that those will be like the final cut the, ones you know what i mean just because i don't know like like you get bleed it some of them it might be. You know yeah. what I mean? Like and I'm not against it or anything. Like I to me the the songs I picked were like purposefully organic like in the room. You know, like right. I do like folk country music now. It's like I it feels like something you could hear in a room on a porch, whatever, you know. Yeah. And and yeah. like because of that, I don't see, you know, much point in wasting time doing it like one brick at a time. For you know sure. what I mean? Like, yeah, I so. got you.
0: 100%. Yeah. Um and so going into this the recording session Oh, what was like the thought did you go in with the idea of releasing like a full length project or was it more of let's hey, I got music let's cut it and see what happens
1: well like I have I mean I, so I'm only doing 10 songs for this and yeah. uh, I've got man probably like 20 20- or almost maybe even close to 30 that I've written, like, this year alone. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And the way that I chose the ones that I was doing was just, like I said, like I kind of knew that I was going to do – I've been working with – the past, like, few years, I've been working with different producers in different spaces, like Mm kind of fancy studios around. I did a couple singles uh, with this fella John Pettigo, at Modern Electric in Dallas. And they do, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like Texas gentlemen record there and, like, Paul Koth and Leon Bridges. Like, these kind of folks – Pedigo works a lot with like old 97s and Joshua Ray Walker. And so like, you know, he does like uh slick production work and like, it was cool getting to work with him and like try different things and pick up different stuff. Yeah. And similarly, before that, I, I did some songs at Nile city sound, which yeah. is like a uh, really nice, like old digital analog yeah. studio yeah. in Fort Worth. Yeah. And uh, anyways, so just taking all that kind of stuff and knowing, like I just booked a session, you know what I mean? And I knew because of the place that I chose, sort of the the feel i wanted to go for which was like this live organic thing and that began the song selection and then as i was like working on pre-production and stuff i kind of tried to start you know as an exercise like dig up a theme or something in the record and what i wound up finding was like actually this through line that became a story arc so (laughs) even though like business strategy wise like i think it's kind of like it's not smart to do records yeah. right like when yeah, nobody yeah. knows who you are yet yeah. like it's like do singles do what the algorithms want you to do you know what i mean like i wasn't intentionally writing a record and i definitely wasn't like consciously making a concept record yeah but what i have now is essentially a concept record right. and i think each piece works together on its own you know yeah. what i mean but uh but it's crazy how this like overarching story like came to be in it and like anyways um you know i think that folks can like they can dig that or feel that if they want to yeah. they don't have to you yeah. know what I mean
0: when I I think going back to the like it's not smart to release an album I think Spotify is kind of starting to realize that bands still want to release albums yeah I mean
1: who doesn't love it I mean when you're a music person yeah yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. but you know they're doing like this waterfall release where you could still release them as singles but at the end it comes out right
1: and that's that's what i'm gonna do you know like that's kind of what you have to do to yeah. not waste your money yeah. you know what i mean um and and really like yeah it's like i don't know i, I i'm not trying to sound too cynical about like the process yeah. of streaming like honestly like my opinions on that stuff aren't very strong because you know, like, I used to own, like, co-own a record store uh, in Fort Worth, and, like, I'm a music nerd, you know, like, there was a time when singles were the format, like, before LPs, you know what I mean? And so it's kind of just reverting back to that in a way, you know what I mean? And I think that, like, also, you know, I grew up skateboarding, and, like, one thing you learn with that is, like, how to use the restrictions, like, the limitations, you know what I mean? Like, things that weren't meant for you, you, that's your canvas and and uh i feel the same way about like music or or you know the music business or whatever like rather than sit around and like bitch and moan about it like i'm just a fish in this river you know what i mean like i don't pick which way it goes like i just swim with it you know and uh so if, like, the world is, like, singles, then, yeah, like, I'll try to figure out how to how to make that a part of the artistic process, like, for lack of a better way yeah. of explaining it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know.
0: And that's a good way to look at it. it, is just, you know, you take these quote-unquote restrictions that are out there and you just find to figure out a way to make it work. As, yeah, So. right, exactly.
1: Like, there's always going to be limitations and stuff, and, like, like, you know, working with those limitations has is, okay. is always been, like an inextricable part of art you know what i mean like yeah. there was a time when you know like the suckle blue sacred blue kind yeah. of like that pigment was super rare you know yeah. and like painters would like go broke like painting with too much blue yeah you know what i mean and now you can paint a whole canvas blue it doesn't
0: mean shit yeah <laughs> you know what I mean? like, yeah. like used to mean something <laughs> yeah right all no, right as you're holding a blue mic you're... right yeah <laughs> Uh, oh, man, that's amazing. Uh, so is this your, uh, we're at Interjam, uh, sitting here just hanging out. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this your fr- first year here? Or Yeah, it is actually, yeah. Uh, how's the vibes been? Awesome, man. I mean, I
1: just got here, you know. I wish I would have gotten here sooner, but I had a show in Fort Worth last night, and then uh, yeah. I was a little slow motivating myself today. Yeah. Like, I was actually in bed, like, oh, you know, it's like, nine I'm like I'm, I got plenty of time to get there early and I, I typed it into my like map or yeah. whatever just to see and it was like oh shit really it's already gonna be like three
0: <laughs> like, Right.
1: like I don't know how that happened but right.
0: whatever I guess, you know you don't realize how far Dallas is yeah it's like oh shit okay yeah but,
1: you know, the drive home, and that's another thing is, like, like I have to leave early because there's this festival, like, at my old neighborhood in Fort Worth called Arts Goggle, and yeah. they, like, block off the streets, and they got two stages, like, Ben Queller and, like, yeah. you know, folks like that are playing, and then, like, local folks like me, and, uh, and anyways, like they got me on at three and, and I don't remember when they told me to like save the date or, or yeah. whatever, but it was a while ago and I was like, oh, that's not really going to interfere at all. You know, I'm yeah. like playing in the afternoon here. Yeah. And it's like, no, nah, dude, I'm playing at 1230 a.m. tomorrow. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go to bed in that tent, wake up, like wake up at 6 a.m. I always do. It's clockwork. Yeah. And then I get, yeah, tear that tent down and get gone, You know, yeah, like then you gotta I got to be on stage at 3 a.m. 4 Yeah I mean But you know what Oh poor me uh, Doing the shit I love You know
0: (laughs) It's just one of those things Where it's like at that moment it kind of becomes like a chore it, it
1: does but yeah i mean but at the same time i got to think about like there was a time when like i had to bartend or uh, you know like i had yeah. to do like i was a line cook for six years like yeah. i had to do shit that i really didn't like like yeah. i can i can drive for I, i'm sitting on my ass essentially for yeah. four hours it's fine you know as as long as you don't i can pick the bunkies,
0: music you'll be okay yeah. <laughs> Just don't make that bookies. right stop. right you don't yeah need it.
1: Yep. Man, yeah a, you're gonna spend like freaking hundred bucks on like two snacks
0: right i I stopped i came in yesterday morning like i left waco at nine or a little bit before nine Mm -hmm. and i was originally i was just gonna stop at like taco bell and grab like a breakfast wrap or something yeah and then because taco bell doesn't open at nine until nine on waco i'm like i'm not waiting 15 minutes i'm leaving and then it just got on the road and i was like i need to get ice i'm gonna go to bucky's i ended up spending like $14 Fourteen dollars on a burrito, bag of ice, or a drink, and I'm yeah. like, "This better be the best damn burrito I've ever had in my life."
1: Every every time I get like told the total at Bucky's, it's a fucking complete shock to me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's like an insurance adjuster. Right. Like, <laughs>
0: it, it's so funny because my dad loves going to Bucky's. My dad lives in Florida, and they've got a couple in Florida. Yeah. Um, and he's like, "Oh, dude, going to Bucky's is the best." And I'm like yeah Dad, if you got that kind of money ri- you're rich <laughs> you make more you make more than a month than i make in a year yeah. so let's put this in perspective of course you like buck yeah Get yeah out
1: here. that's who it's for you yeah. know what i mean like like and they love it and why not you know like you got you're paying with those like black metal mx cards yeah. you're good to
0: go <laughs> it's like fuck. damn it okay oh um, no so yeah it's uh it's been a really good time here and you know, I'm glad we finally got a chance to sit down, and I think we're gonna sit down tomorrow and do some acoustic stuff. Yeah, yeah, go. definitely, I'm down I, for it. I think we'll have to do it in the morning because I did one in the afternoon. It was too loud or no, too hot. It, it, the sun was positioned weirdly, and uh, it, yeah. like unless we were sitting out in the sun, I was like, I'm not gonna go sit. I was trying to sit in the shade.
1: Yeah, like, man, I I know I was like worried about it being cold out here yeah, yeah. but nah.
0: i'll <laughs> oh, wait till tonight it'll,
1: it'll get cold oh, yeah we're on yeah. like desert weather right yeah, now yeah
0: it, it, it was very reminiscent of the time i went to montana right like, oh yeah it was like montana's beautiful man oh, yeah. yeah i've often said if i had the opportunity to go to montana and move there i probably would yeah so. yeah but really appreciate you sitting down to chat if anybody wants to check out any shows music any of that fun stuff uh where's the best place to find you uh
1: you know i'm like any of the social media stuff you know all instagram you can find all my links and stuff through there or spotify you know they uh, i think my shows i keep it updated yeah Yeah. hey
0: you got to yeah yeah it's hard to keep everything updated but i know it is it's like got to make at least a little bit of an effort there
1: yeah and i've been able to like it, the past couple years i've been fortunate enough to like to scrape by you know like just on music and everything yeah. so because it's it's my work like that like i you know i try to i got reminders in my phone and shit and tell right. me every monday
0: to do all my admin crap right oh um, so because i've asked everybody that's come on during the uh festival What's the most obscure and or random cover song you've been asked to play? Asked to play? Yes, asked to play. Oh, you know, one time uh, when I was in the courtyard
1: at this place called The Post, and a lady asked me to play a Loudon Wainwright song. Okay. And I felt like that was kind of strange. Yeah. Like, like I mean, I like Loudon Wainwright, but, like, I played this swimming song for yeah. her, and she was stoked on it, you know yes. what I mean? But, uh... One time, one time for fun, I played Leonard Cohen's Suzanne at a Central Market. And this lady that was like in the quiet, like yeah. she was an old folk singer, too. She was like duetting with me. Yeah. It was awesome. So I don't know if that's if that quite answers the question. No, but.
0: That was perfect. You know, because it's a, it's one of those things where I'm always kind of curious Like, I I have my opinions on original musicians doing covers. Yeah. But, you know, there's a time and a place for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, like, at a bar or something, you'll get, like, the most randomly absurd. And some of, like, my favorite songs are when musicians like yourself will step, like, you're in this box, but then they'll go to, like doing like a Dua Lipa cover
1: oh yeah well okay so I had at that same like this central market in Plano this is like the gig work stuff for you you are doing mostly covers I mean I do my own stuff too but uh you know I've had everything requested at places like that from like gospel songs you know like or like brother kinds of stuff to one time a lady requested like a song from the weekend from me and i just did i didn't know it at all but i wound up like we came to a compromise and i did that one that's like blinding lights That was you know like if you were on the internet in 2020 you heard it you know what i mean and it went over
0: pretty good actually like yeah and i mean that's almost like a when you're doing that type of gig work yeah where you say I can learn that song, but it's going to be, like, $20. You know, you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You oh, you like can a, set the price. Yeah, you gotta right. You got to put it, like, a price. Because uh, <laughs> so, the first time I saw that, I was at a uh, show at a coffee shop. Yeah. And the, the musician was like, yeah, if there's any... I, I'm doing a special tonight. Anybody that tips me $20, any song you want me to play, I will figure it out.
1: Yeah, man. There's there's dudes like that that, like, you know, they make their whole way. And yeah. they get clever with that shit. They're, like, old-school rack and stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... um, I know one guy, like, I think I think Big Mike's Box of Rock used yeah. to do it, like, in Fort Worth, but they had, like, you know, like, this big kind of tip jar and they would say on it like like there were different songs at like price points yeah. and i think like Freebird was like two hundred dollars <laughs> like at the top you know yeah. what i mean because it's just like
0: every asshole yells at you know I, I feel like that's like a common thing it's like Freebird. Oh, yeah. it's like some obscene oh it's uh, like price.
1: oh yeah man it's like uh because it's such a cliche joke you know yeah. what i mean and i mean that's that is the joke now yeah, i yeah. guess i don't think anybody thinks they're being original Seriously. saying yeah. that you know what i mean but uh But yeah, because of that, like, because it's so, such low hanging fruit, you know, to price it at that point is
0: amazing. (laughs) And it's, you know, there's people out there that'll pay that, so.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, in in which case it's worth doing, because it's not that bad of a song. (laughs) I mean, it's fine.
0: It's just one of those things where I think it's become... Like, I don't think people mind it as much as they used to because yeah. but it's just become such a cliche thing. Right, right. And it's almost to the point, though,
1: that it's, like, boomeranged yeah. where, like, you might as well do it. Yeah. Uh, there's this group, um, you know, like, some of the dudes were from Denton, but they were based out of New York called Parquet Courts, and they had a song called Freebird 2. It's, like, a great song. And uh, for a little while I learned that just in case, like, you know, like, you get heckled with the Freebird shit, I'd be like, all right, I'll play the sequel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome.
1: Yeah, it was pretty fun at the time.
0: Okay, so. Well... Cameron, thank you so much for sitting down and chat with me. I really appreciate it. Uh, I can't wait to check out your set. If I am conscious at tomorrow. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see how that plays out. But cool. I really appreciate you taking the time. And, yeah. Thanks. Uh, we'll Tom. See you all later. All right.